Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Heavy pressure from Kempe. Kopitar, can he track it down? No. Stutzler shovels it up ahead. Giroux on a breakaway. Scores! Just 20 seconds into overtime, and the Kings overcommit in the attacking zone, leading to the Claude Giroux breakaway. And the overtime goal, Ottawa wins it 3-2. Oh, my God, what a goal. G-Baby, I'm not sure I'm happy with G-Baby as a nick. Anyway, what a goal from Claude Giroux. OT winner as the Sens win 3-2 in Los Angeles late on Sunday night. I wonder how many people listening right now. We're up at 10.30 Eastern time on a Sunday night, uh, but those who stayed up were rewarded for it. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Going to talk about the Sens West Coast trip. Hey, they won two in a row. Maybe the dark cloud is lifted. Got our web poll today. How are you feeling after a couple of wins in a row? We've got a discussion about Shane Pinto and his uh, recent slump. Ridley Gregg's going to miss some time after being hit from behind last weekend. And what's up with Alex Formanton? His deadline for signing is 5 p.m. on Thursday and still no clarity on what's going on with him. All still ahead today here on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. My name is Steve Warren, joined as always by the coach, Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg? Oh, I'm a little tired, Steve. I, I stayed up and watched the game last night, my friend. I, I stuck it out. Nicely done. Well done. Yeah. I mean, you must have been a long day at work today. <laughs> I got well. I figured, you know what? I got to be prepared for the show, the recording session today. Yeah, I, I stayed up and watched it for sure, buddy. Yeah, I was PVR guy, so uh, yeah, I, I've got the facts, but I don't have the excitement level of <laughs> watching that Claude Giroux winner live. And uh, I mean, what a goal! I mean, and I got thinking when I say the dark clouds feel like they have lifted. Just picture that that whole lead up to the Claude Giroux goal earlier in the season when they were going, you know, completely sideways, which was just last week. Anyway, uh, you know, Thomas Shabbat tries to hand it off to Giroux. He didn't know that was happening. And uh, it it could easily earlier in the year, I'm sure that would have been a turnover and the Kings score in overtime to win it. Instead, Stutzla has the presence of mind to go back and get the puck. He looked like he wanted to blow out of the zone the way Giroux was, but he turns around and gets it, sees it's about to be a turnover and then hits him with a backhand saucer pass the length of the ice, and then what a move by Claude Giroux. Um, I'm thinking Jonathan Quick needs a chiropractic adjustment after getting screwed into the ice by Giroux. What a goal. Yeah, I was wondering if it wasn't some sort of a set play off off of that face-off. But it was the, the the point you're alluding to about the turnover potential there. It was like Shabbat gave it to Giroux, and Giroux just one touched it right back to him while oh. skating towards him with a guy on his back. And it was like, whoa, you know, like basically he carried his check right towards Shabbat, closer, 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 and then handed him the puck. Right. And it was like, look out, you know, and he did kind of sort of stumble, bumble. But the pass, what a pass by Stutzle. It reminded me of the uh, of the Hoffman goal. And the pass from from Carlson, you know, wasn't quite 70 feet in the air with a sauce, but what a backhand sauce. He took a look first and threw it up the middle of the ice. It was tape to tape and the deke. Wow. At one point I thought, geez, did he did he deke himself out and and not put the puck in the net? But he did get it in there. It was just a beautiful goal all around and and a a really good game, like a, a nice win 
a really nice win for a team that was desperate for one to uh, a, a night to keep the opposition, to keep the goals against down, to keep the opposition at bay, a good team too. And, and uh, it's a good win. Maybe it's something to build on. Yeah. And it's not the Anaheim ducks at the time. They were the worst team in the NHL. The only team worse than the Ottawa senators when the Sens beat them. So everybody's going, yeah, a nice win and everything, but it's just the ducks. Well, LA is a playoff team as we speak right now. So, that's a considerably better-looking team right now, and uh, I thought the Sens quite seriously outplayed them. Um, the question is, is this enough to kind of keep the the Wolves away from the door uh, or cool off the hot seat that DJ Smith is currently sitting on? What say you? Well, it all depends on how far back you want to look. Right? <laughs> you look back on this road trip, and they played San Jose in there, and probably should have been able to beat San Jose. But then the more recent is the two wins. So uh, in that sense, yeah, it's great. They look real good. But I can't help thinking they probably needed to win three out of four to give them some some hope for moving forward here for making up some ground. And uh, that, that game against San Jose is still sticking in my craw. That's that's a, an opponent they should have beat. What are, you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a long way to go still. It's a nice uh, victory. This is a team that is capable of wins on any given night. Like even the worst team in the NHL is, is going to get uh, X amount of wins and beat some really good teams along the way. Uh, I'm no, not even close to being sold on the Sens just yet, but it's baby steps at this stage of the game. Right. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather they did what they did than close out a miserable West Coast swing with two more losses to add onto the pile. So something to feel good about. Uh, like uh, Alex DeBrinkett, who was the player of the game and got the tanning glasses on, like he said in his very small speech, um, three wins in a row is a streak, boys, so let's go get one. And uh, our question today in the old uh, Dunrobin Distillery's web poll was, after two straight wins on the weekend, how are you feeling about the Sens today? Scott Kramer writes, cautiously optimistic. They've turned a bit of a corner. I've got a nagging feeling that previous bad habits, the poor team D, no structure in their own end, lazy penalties, lack of finish will come back once they face the tougher opponents. But man, I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, Canuck Buff writes, one always feels better after a couple of wins, especially on the road, but against weaker end teams, get two from the Rangers and then I'll be somewhat encouraged. Uh, Adam Freed writes, I have absolutely no different feel. Still a terrible start to the season that's put them in too deep a hole. Winning against the Ducks is no feat, and an OT win versus LA is nice, but not anything that changes the course of a season. Win another two, three in a row, start to get close to 500, then maybe. So everybody is happy about the wins, Greg, but... Uh, not quite there yet, and I agree. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of people from Missouri. That's the, right. The, the show me state, right? It's like okay, you've done this now. Show me it's for real. I I, I concur completely. Let's see how they do in these two games against the Rangers. Uh, you better win at least one of them. Wouldn't it be nice to come out of those two games with three points? You know, show us that uh, that some things have have been fixed here. That that we're going in the right direction, and we're going to see a little more consistency here that would that would be nice at least you know like you played four games at 500 hockey uh, i don't know uh when was the last time they well i guess they won four in a row at home way back when mm-hmm. but it's been a long time since they and they're certainly not a 500 team overall so it's been a long time since they've been something like this so okay what's going to happen next we're all sort of pensively waiting for the next shoe to drop what's going to happen now what's going to happen in the next two games or three games or week or whatever well it's going to be a long haul 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think honestly, to start thinking seriously about this team getting back into contention, they have to rip off not just a couple of wins this week. I mean, they have to go on like a ten-game tear to just get back into the discussion of being a fringe team again. They're not even that right now because there are seven teams are in twenty-ninth place right now, and and it's past U.S. Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, there are seven teams to get over, so I mean, they they've really got to go on a massive heater just to get back in the discussion because with seven teams ahead of them, there's going to be at least two or three of those teams that are going to be playing above, well above 500 hockey in there as well. So 700 hockey, 800 hockey <laughs> for the next month, then maybe we've got something. But until then, I can't buy in just yet. Sorry. Exactly. I think the thing is that there's, it's sort of a Groundhog Day scenario right. because uh, last year and the year before, once – Everybody given up on them. That's when they started to play hockey again. So, even if they get it going again, I would worry that they get back. To, you know, it's contention. like no, everybody gave up on them earlier this year, so they started playing well. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and and just to, to give you a sense of that Groundhog Day, and then you know, uh, Christmas is looming. It'll be here before we know it. It was around this time last year. I uh, I released my my crooning Christmas Carol. It's beginning to look a lot like last year. Yes. <laughs> so maybe play that right now because it's almost the Christmas season. Ladies and gentlemen, it's beginning to look a lot like last year. It's beginning to look a lot like last year. Everywhere you look, there's a mess on the Sens back end. Coughing up pucks again with open lanes and don't know where to go. It's beginning to look a lot like last year. Soon the sands will shine. But the prettiest sight to see is the hockey that will be when the rebuild's done. Sounds of the season. Unfortunately, it's the sounds of the sense. And uh, anyway, we hope that things turn a corner, and hopefully, this is the sign of better things. But uh, and it's better than losing. It's funny how it goes, though. Had they done things in the inverse order, they beat Anaheim and they beat LA, and then the next two games they lose five one to both San Jose and Vegas. It would certainly be a different feel for them coming home, wouldn't it? Exactly. That's 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 what I said. Like they needed. Three out of four would have made me feel a lot better. But the fact that they only got two, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. The last two are the wins, so okay, we're feeling better about ourselves. But either way, it's still only two out of four. And yeah, show me, baby, show me. Yep. You're talking about this off the air. At the end of the game, Yeah, uh, the L.A. game on Sunday night, I, I hadn't seen this, and you, you got a screen grab of it, and it is kind of funny. Or I don't know if it's funny or indicative. <laughs> But Jack Capuano is the first coach off the ice and everybody's walking back to the dressing room and you picked up on something as DJ Smith and Davis Payne were heading to the room. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they showed a shot of the players coming down the tunnel. Uh, if anybody's still got their, this haven't deleted their PVR yet. Uh, they show all the players coming down the tunnel and there's DJ high-fiving them all. Right behind DJ is uh, Davis Payne. But then further around the corner, closer to the dressing room door, is Jack Capuano doing his high fives. And it was when the last player, who was Nick Holden, went by DJ, he turned to walk towards the room, and so did Davis Payne. 
and they both walked right by Jack Capuano, who's standing there with his hand up in the air looking for a high five, and they both just walked right by him. I don't know whether we're supposed to read anything into that. I did take a picture uh, off my TV. Maybe I, I sent it to you. You want to go ahead and put it on your Twitter feed if you want, Steve. You want right. to stir it up? Go right ahead. But <laughs> I don't know whether we're supposed to read something into that or they didn't see him. They missed him. But he's just sort of standing there. Well, we've all seen it before. Yeah? You see it in baseball a lot when the guy runs through the through the dugout after a home run and the one guy's waiting and he, he gets shut out. So, yeah, I, I don't know whether to read something into that one or not. Yeah, I, I hope it's uh... – for his sake, that it's uh, just a case yeah. of uh, just didn't see him. It sure looks like it would be hard to miss him. But, uh, yeah, kind of amusing for sure. Uh, what's not amusing is that Shane Pinto's gone a little cold. Uh, eight goals and one assist through the first 13 games. Everybody lauding him as a potential Calder Trophy candidate, and he could still be that. In the last eight games, Shane Pinto has zero goals and one assist. Did we have expectations that were maybe a little unrealistic for Shane Pinto, given that he uh, he had looked so good in his in his career so far, albeit limited sample size? Did we maybe expect too much of him? Well, I don't I don't know that I expected. I don't think I had uh, over expectations. I don't think I did that. I think he was playing over what I would have thought he was capable of, and expected him to settle down at some point. I didn't think he was going to settle down to the tune of what is it? One apple in eight games. Uh, I thought I, I, you know, I, I see him as being a, I figured, okay, he can probably chip in about 15 goals this year. He can probably chip in about 40 points or maybe a little more, but then he was getting that time on the second power play unit. He was working real well in the bumper slot. there, getting the, getting the one timers opposition have taken that away. He's not looked as strong in the power play. He doesn't play it as often now. Um, so no, I don't think I had. I don't think I had too too high an expectation. I just think it was. I expected him to be more consistent, not quite so. Wow, big start, but big numbers. Like he's probably got the right number of points right now for the number of games he's played. Let's put it that way. This is what I would have expected for this many games. I do notice him every game. I notice him. I, I, he's one of those guys where I say, "Who's that?" You know, I say like, he makes a you know, a dash up the ice. A clever play with the puck. He's always in good position. He rarely gets burned. And so he does a lot of good things, like like Debrinket. Everybody was bitching and moaning. Oh, he's not scoring any goals. But, man, he's doing a million great things out there. And that brings us to our next subject, getting yeah. guys signed. Artem Zub, he's going to be a UFA at the end of the season. And uh, Debrinket is an RFA. And whatever the next deal he signs is going to tell us exactly what his future is in Ottawa. If it's a one-year bridge deal to get to UFA, obviously he's going to be gone. Hopefully he'll sign longer term. But uh, I don't know. I mean, with Zub, with Zub, I mean, we've talked so much about the great things that Dorian did over the summer. That was a major fumble to just get him to a two-year contract with an average of 2.5. Yeah, I remember that it was two years ago, right? When he's beginning of last season when that deal was signed and I, I remember saying at the time we, we both of us were in agreement that he probably should have paid him a little more you know this is a guy that's going to be here and I, I can't help thinking that the long-term projections by the senators figured that Branstrom Jacob Bernard Doctor, Docker <laughs> uh, Lassie Thompson were going to be ahead of Zub at some point and okay we'll just give him this for now and then you know we'll sign him to something later in two years while well, the two years are up 
and he is still ahead of those guys. And I, I, I'm going to steal your thunder. You believe that Sanderson and Zub is your number one pair, and I agree with you. Like this guy needs to get signed. Something needs to happen soon. You know, I I don't want to create unrealistic expectations for Sanderson either because he too is only 21 games into his NHL career. It's early days, but he has looked so good so consistently that I feel like that's my top pairing D if I have a choice right now. And I think Thomas Shabbat is going to be so much more comfortable. Less ice time, he will be an elite 3-4 in the NHL. I feel like that's a more appropriate slotting for him. And uh, And then you get down to the work of trying to fill out your bottom three because right now I'm not sure I have anybody on the Sens lineup right now where I say that is a bona fide number four or even an elite five, six scenario. There's uh there's some good players there, but uh, guys that I would say six, seven rather than five, six. Yeah. I, I would, I'd say flatly right now when this team is good, none of the current uh, four, five, six will be involved. Right. Yeah. And I think there are times where I talked up Eric Brandstrom and I just, um, uh, I mean, he's just, he's so good with the puck when he's charging up ice. He gives you hope that that's, you know, that's a guy that can be an offensive defenseman for you. But, I mean, just step the, look at the guy's production. He doesn't produce points. Yeah. So if you're not that physical and you're not producing much in the way of offense, you have 21 games played, you have three assists and zero goals. No. You're not much of a shooter. Like, I, I, there's just not enough of a body of work there beyond the odd charge up ice with the puck where I say that that's a guy that you need as part of your Stanley cup solution someday. Yeah. What's the Joe Pesci line from JFK? He's an remember. enigma. He's an enigma wrapped inside a riddle. That's right. That's him. He's yeah. just, and, and he just leaves you wanting more and it yeah. must just drive Pierre Dorian up the wall. Those guys must just, Oh, when they see him do good things. Oh yeah. 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 And then, ugh, you know, yeah, up and down. He's a he's a toilet seat. He's a roller coaster. He's a yo-yo. Up and down, up and down. All right, let's take our first time out of the program. When we return, we've got some Sens trivia to get to. We will oh, talk what? about Alex Formanton and what's going on with him and the status of Ridley Gregg, along with maybe a quick revisit of the top five in the 2020 NHL draft. Of that top five, two are Sens. One was an L.A. King, who the Sens just played, and another was a New York Ranger, who the Sens will play in the next two games. We'll talk about all that coming up after these words. Jim K. Ford Lincoln is turning 40, and to celebrate, they're giving you a gift. It's Truck Days, and to thank you for 40 years of support, Jim K. is offering up to $3,000 in factory order rebates. No matter what it is you have to do, make, move, or create, there's a Ford truck built for you. Come celebrate four decades of Jim K. by ordering your brand new Maverick, Ranger, or F-150 your way. Secure your order today. Get started at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! And did you know Ottawa's very own Dunrobin Distilleries has been winning prestigious awards internationally for their spirits? It is true. Their gins won gold and silver earlier this year out of the UK, and their whiskey came in second place as the best Canadian whiskey in the country. So pick up some Dunrobin spirits today at various LCBO locations across the province or buy directly from their website at dunrobindistilleries.com. So let us get to, uh, yeah, we'll hold on to the Sens tribute till the end. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Just put your thinking cap on, as they say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, what, what say you about Alex Formanton? The deadline for signing him, uh, he's an RFA, is 5 p.m. on Thursday. And if he doesn't sign by then, he cannot play in the NHL. Like, why, are, why aren't the Sens doing something? I'm already on record, Greg, as saying, if the guy has not been publicly accused of anything, let alone charged with anything, then why aren't we getting this thing done? Pierre Dorian said, basically, we hope to get it done by the end of training camp. Hasn't even come close to that. There's no discussion of it. And it's got to be related to the Hockey Canada incident. Um, what do you think about the Alex Formanton situation? Why not trade him away at least? Yeah, that that's my thought here is that at the very least, trade trade his, his rights to somebody. Uh, obviously, no one's interested. It, 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 there's no other possible solution or, or uh, answer to it other than no one's interested. Um, even if you were mildly interested, it's not like a like a late season guy, uh, trade deadline, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. It's not like one of those where, yeah, if we don't trade for him now, maybe we can sign him in the summer. Because if you don't trade for him now, you're not signing him on Friday. <laughs> you need to get it done. And there would have to be at least some negotiating involved with whatever team it is, uh, as far as with, with Formanton, I mean. So if you're even mildly interested, wouldn't you have acquired him by now? Mm-hmm. So it sure seems like nobody's interested. You, you can't even get a fifth-round draft choice. Uh, like, is, is Pierre Dorian demanding too much in return? Or is it just that nobody's interested? I, I really think that, uh, that people are kind of hands-off, don't want anything to do with it. There must be some way to handle this, like sign him to a contract to rejoin the team, but with some kind of clause in there that if news headlines break the wrong way at some point during this contract, we can just rip it up, leave it null and void. I don't know if there's some I don't know if that is allowed under the CBA, but surely there's some kind of solution here rather than just handling it this way. Um, as I've always said, if if news does break that uh, that, that paints this story in a very, awful light or whatever, then uh, to heck with that. Uh, glad to see the last of the person. But in the meantime, yeah. there's there's no one been accused of anything publicly. There's no one been charged with anything. So what are we talking about here? Let, let's just figure this thing out. Yeah, and I'm, I've just while sitting here thinking, uh, the, the recent contract to the kid that Boston signed, uh, they were able to ixnay that like the next day. Mm. Uh, because of the circumstances. I can recall, remember Brad Richards got caught at the airport with a whole bunch of painkillers? No. And that contract, yeah, a long time ago, uh, well, um, relatively speaking, that contract was then voided. Like, it can be done. There is a precedent, and there are precedents of it happening. So, yeah, to, to answer your first thought there, I would think that that's possible, that, yes, we can sign this guy, and we don't even have to put it in the contract, just knowing that if something comes up that, you know, we got an out here that we can rip up this contract. So maybe from a cultural standpoint, from a team culture standpoint, from a team uh, impression from what they want to be and who they want, how they want to represent themselves, that they're, they've decided that they don't want them around uh, because of whatever from the scandal for the Hockey Canada situation. They don't want to sign them. Okay, but why don't you trade them then? Like, isn't he worth something to somebody somewhere? Right. It was Mike Richards you're talking about. I just quickly. Oh, sorry. Who did I say? You said Brad Richards. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It was Mike Richards. Yeah, the flyer. Yeah, Yeah. the flyer captain. I'm sorry. I meant Mike Richards. 
Right. I apologize to Brad Richards and his family. Want to revisit the 2020 NHL draft here for a second. It's hard not to think about that draft when the Sens have games against the Rangers and against the LA Kings all within a three, four day period. Got a home and home against the Rangers coming up here this week. But uh, yeah, the top five were basically, well, Lafreniere with the Rangers, number one. Quinton Byfield went to L.A. at number two. Tim Stutzler of the Sens at three. Lucas Raymond to Detroit at four. And Jake Sanderson to Ottawa at five. Is it complete homerism when I say that if I redrafted right now that Stutzler and Sanderson, and pick your order, would be one, two out of that top five? Yeah, I was waiting for you to say what order they were in. <laughs> yeah, because if it, if it were right now, right today, I think it would be it would be uh, Sanderson, wouldn't it? As the uh, as the defenseman who's going to be a big player in this league for a long time. But yeah, I agree with you. I was never a fan of Byfield at the time. I didn't uh, I didn't see it. Um, but yeah, those two are ahead of the other guys, aren't they? Aren't they? Like Lafreniere is the only one who's really put up any points that could sort of rival Stutzla. Now, how much of that is Stutzla's ice time that he's gotten versus Lafreniere being uh, kind of cautiously taken along and, and given more? But I feel's hardly playing at all. Mm. Uh, he's currently uh, in the American League. Uh, I just, you're absolutely right. It's always fun to look back on these drafts. But I've always wondered, like, okay, we, we look back on them after five years or six years. It'll be interesting to see to do it after one, after two, after three, after four, and see how much even that much changes from year to year. Yeah. Like I'm sure that five years from now, one of those other guys will step up. But I, I, right now, as of today, bang, I, I I would take Sanderson first and Stutzla second for sure. Lucas Raymond has been a, a pretty decent scorer so far in his career. He's actually after Stutzla, the second best scorer with. 71 points in 102 games, and he's off to a fine start this year with 14 in 20. And uh, the Red Wings are an interesting story in that the Sens were considerably better than the Wings last year, I thought. And and points-wise, I think they were ahead of them just by a little bit as well. And this year, Detroit is way ahead of the Sens. Uh, come out, they've come out very well, and I'm trying to figure out exactly why that is. You know, they've picked up a guy like uh, like David Perron, uh, nice player, but not a world beater at this stage in his career. Uh, that certainly helped them. They got caught from Winnipeg, so they've they've had some additions, but I don't see a dramatically different team there at this stage of the game, and so it's going to be interesting to see because they do play several times uh, in December uh, to see what exactly the difference is with the Wings so far this season. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, if I have to pick between Stutzla and Sanderson, it's a really difficult one because mm-hmm. – there are nights where Stutzla gives me pause for thought, and I say, oh, man, the defense sometimes, and every once in a while just, you know, maybe could be a little hardier out there, a little more robust of a player. And But, uh, I mean, the skill is phenomenal, and what we can't ever lose sight of is the kid is only 20. Mm. There's still, he's still not nearly a finished product. We're still years away from seeing that guy in his prime. So as much as I like Jake Sanderson, I'm not sure – I can put him ahead of Tim Stutz, so it's a very difficult call. <laughs> and I know that over the course of the last, uh, oh, wait, the last 202 episodes, Steve, we missed our 200th anniversary, didn't we? should have had a sh- special that night. But I know that over the course of the last 202 episodes, I have lamented the fact that all of these great prospects that they had, but I didn't see one that was superstar material, right? Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of guys that were going to be really good, but there wasn't one who was going to be a superstar 
And the more I watch Stutzla now, the more I think, yeah, this guy could actually be the one that breaks through and becomes that super, super elite hockey player. And, uh, and I see your point with him. He gives you something one night and then the next night you're not so sure. But as you say, he's only 20. I'd still think that if I were drafting right now today, I'd, I'd be leaning more towards Sanderson being the defenseman. But then that's just kind of that's just that's just me, I guess. I, I prefer the the high end skilled defenseman. And we've been giving the Sens a lot of grief lately, obviously, for their start this season. It's just it's been a frustration. Impatience is setting in to a degree, but I can't lose sight of the fact that you know those were this is the right decision that was made. We're we're we're, we're armchair quarterbacking here, Monday morning quarterbacking, and uh, and they got it right two years earlier. Yeah. You know, we're talking about it at the end of 2022, two and a half years after that draft or whenever it was. It was all weird with COVID back then, but they got it right. I think that Stutzla and Sanderson are one and two if you're redrafting right now. So the Sens deserve nothing but credit for picking the best two uh, when you know they didn't have the advantage of the hindsight that we do in this discussion right now. Yeah. Ready well, for here's some- one for you. Pleasant yep. surprise. Sorry, before the trivia. Yep. Um, like, how about the production of Brady Kachuk this year? Would you have thought, would you have expected that? I know I didn't. Um, like, he, he's putting up some really nice numbers this season. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. 25 points in 21 games here in his fifth season in the league. And we can also not lose sight of the fact that he's still so young. He's 23 mm-hmm. years of age, and he seems like on and off the ice, the old warhorse, the guy that everybody looks to to lead. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, he, he's still not a finished product either. He's going to be a better player at 25, 26 than he is right now. So, yeah, but offensively, yeah, I mean, he's he's led this team in scoring the last, uh, I think, three seasons, I want to say. Yeah, last yep. three seasons, but, you know, three seasons ago, he, he led the team with 44 points in 71 games. Uh, that's where they were offensively three years ago. But now, now he's putting up numbers that, an NHL team as a leading scorer, something more appropriate, like not just, you know, hovering near a point a game, like well over a point a game. And uh, it's often been said by a lot of the pundits in this town that the number one line is uh, whatever line Brady Kachuk is on. The guys that are going best on the team right now are the guys that are generally playing alongside Brady Kachuk. He, he pulls guys into the fight, as they say. And that says a great deal about him. You're absolutely right. Trivia time. Let's okay. See if, let's see if you're absolutely right with the trivia today. <laughs> okay. So it is time for Sense Trivia. Brought to you by Kodiak Security Systems. Greg, you're going to have 20 seconds to answer today's Sense Trivia question. If you answer it correctly, I will disarm the Kodiak Security System. And if you fail, the alarm goes off and you lose. And the listeners and I mock you until our throats are sore, as always. So we haven't had... A lot of success in this contest so far. <laughs> this interior contest. The um, no, wait a minute. You got you got last week's right with Damien. Your last show with Damien Rhodes. That's I true. I got the one before with the penalty minute guys. That is true. That we're is on true. a bit of a roll. Okay, we're gonna go back. Oh, we're gonna God. go way back to the Sens making the playoffs for the very first time. If you can picture in your mind's eye that very night. Last regular season game, I believe, right near the end anyway. It was the game they clinched a playoff spot for the very first time. What I want to yes. know is a hat trick of questions. Oh, Who God. were they playing? Who scored the winning goal? 
And who is the opposing goaltender? All set. The clock oh, begins. Yeah. Steve Duchesne scored the goal. Yes, sir. Do, while do, do, while do, do, gliding Duchesne. backwards and taking a bit of a sweeping wrist shot. Yeah, it was a little, little it's basically a little, uh, a little sort of Gretzky turn up at the half wall by Alexi Yashin to burn yes, Gary Galley, by the way, and then Yashin hits Duchesne with a beautiful pass. Yes, because they were playing the Buffalo Sabers. Correct, two for two, and the and the goaltender would have been Dominic Hasek. Three for three. Well done. Although I think you, you may have taken a little too long there. I'm. Oh no! <laughs> you interrupted <laughs> with all your side talk. True, true. Uh, the alarm does not go off. We have a winner, and uh, congratulations! You win a uh, complete set of nothing. So congratulations <laughs> for that. Uh, thank you. But we do want to thank our great sponsors at uh, Kodiak Security Systems. They are Ottawa's largest independently owned security alarm company, and they're here to keep your family and business safe. Whether it's the dangers of home invasion, smoke and fire, carbon monoxide, water damage, medical emergencies, or extreme temperatures, man, a lot of stuff can go wrong with your home, can it? Well, Kodiak Security Systems are here to help you protect what matters most. Learn about their security systems today for the home or for the office at KodiakSecurity.ca. 2801 Riverside Drive. And with that, Greg, we shall call it a Wait day. a minute. Wait a minute. All right. There's a bear in there. There you go. The catchphrase. And Moe's good with it? Moe's good with it. Moe's good. And you know what I like about the... It's Kodiak Security. Their symbol is a Kodiak bear, and they spell it right. right. Unlike John Deere who's D-double-E-R-E, -E, and they use a D-double-E-R for their symbol. I hate that. That's where that bear, bear paint company that use a B-E-A-R for the symbol, but it's B-E-H-R. Like, right, right. Moe's got it right. It's a Kodiak bear. Darn right. Absolutely. Let us call it a day right there. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and announce it right now. Call it a conditional agreement at this stage of the game to uh, start broadcasting on the radio again. Uh, we're going to be on City News uh, starting in early January. So a little New Year's uh, New Year's gift, I suppose, for us to, to jump back on the radio, which is kind of cool. And uh, we appreciate the folks at City News for jumping aboard with us as partners. So that's going to be fun. So something to keep an eye on in 2023 here in Sens Nation. We also encourage you to check out our website, sensnationhockey.com. We've got the Sands Nation Journal with all kinds of cool articles in there as well. Um, anything going on with you, Greg, right now? I mean, you... uh, Monday Nighter. Monday Nighter. That's right. We're recording this on Monday night. A little football action. Lost in fantasy this week. That sucks. Sorry. Canada's out of the World Cup. That sucks. Mm. Two and out. Oh. But we it was 4-1. I, yeah. I thought you could come back from 4-1, can't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Toronto. Uh, yeah, so unfortunate. Anyway, we'll call it quits there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for being with us here on Sens Nation. As always, don't forget uh, our Patreon memberships as well, uh, sensnationhockey.com. Greg, we shall talk to you soon, and thank you as always. For sure. Thank you, Stephen.